Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's going on? Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. Hope everyone is doing well. We all survived the preseason. Now it's time to focus in on the regular season, a one week from today, the Pelicans will welcome in the Philadelphia 76ers. You can watch it on Valley Sports New Orleans. You can watch it with these two individuals during the pregame show, Aaron Hardigan and David Wesley of Valley Sports New Orleans. They're all dancing. Yeah, we're going to have video this year. So you are going to see you dancing, by the way. This will oh, go no, on YouTube a little later. No, it's okay. I didn't do my hair either, and you're fine. I know David did his hair. It looks really well. And we are ready to go. But uh, I want to talk about Aaron's name for this show. According to the text messages, it's a Wild Wesley Hot Mess Hardigan Wilkerson Wednesday. Now, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to remember that. What did you say? He is hot mess. So. I said say that 20 times fast, baby. I'm not going to be able to memorize that. So I'm going to have to try to keep that on a script or something. But <laughs> so glad to have you all back. One, how's the offseason treating you both? Aaron, we'll start with you and we'll go to David. I'm just missing you both. No, D- Daniel. Okay, so David, uh, Daniel and I were chatting prior to you hopping on. Do you realize it has been 19 months, my friend, since I have tackle form hugged you in the flesh? <laughs> Which means next week it is up. No, March 3rd, March 3rd of 2020 was the last time I was in New Orleans. I flew out. It, it, we, we had covered that homestand that weekend. I flew out having no idea that that very next week, Done. life as we know it would change forever. I had no idea we would finish that season in a bubble at Disney World. Didn't realize, you know, the entire, you know, what the next season we wouldn't travel at all. I'd spend six months with you two in a double box, you know, and on this <laughs> thing called Zoom. And, uh, and so I'm just like, I'm ready for human interaction again. I think that's what I'm most looking forward to. So enjoy your quiet and insane next six days because I'm coming. <laughs> and to add to your point, um, the one time I went to Dallas this year, um, I went for the uh, Baylor parade because they won the national title in case anybody's under a rock. And then <laughs> you weren't in the studio. Wow. Well, thanks for letting me know that you were going to be there. I you think were, like a heads you, up might have been in place. Yeah, but you had you had other work to do. There's no way you were going to be there. You oh, oh, so you, oh, so wait, you didn't give me a heads up because you just assumed I was busy. But then you go, then you're gonna, then you're gonna beef it out here on the podcast. No, 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 no not at all. I think I got word before, <laughs> prior to Aaron is busy. Oh well, I called you this summer. I didn't get a call back, so I figured, you know. Why start doing something different? I like that everyone else knows my schedule. I appreciate you reaching out to everyone <laughs> but me. But I can't I'm glad wait. we're just hashing this out here. This is what the Pelicans podcast is for, you know? This is what Pelicans Live will be all season, my friends. I cannot wait to see you both. 
You both can lay down on the couch, talk about your feelings. I'll be right here to moderate. We'll, we'll get through it all every Wednesday here. That's why it's maybe a hot mess. You know, it's okay. It's, it, we're already off to a good start. It's a brand is, I've built, Daniel. You know this. This is fantastic. This is awesome. But I am glad that one will be seeing you all next week. I'll be seeing David at practice later on today. Um, but it's been an interesting offseason for the Pelicans. You know, a new head coach. <clears throat> you have some new players here. Um, and expectations, I think, are pretty high, David. And um, one, what can you tell us about Willie Green? Because I know, you know, he was a, around the league for 12 years, played here in New Orleans for a year. That role player that kind of had to grind his way into, you know, an NBA spot, you know, being a second round pick. Uh, what should we know if we don't know anything else about Willie Green right now? He's going to compete. Um, you know, I, I played against Willie uh, my last four years, his first four. And, um, just tough, uh, comes to work, knows his basketball, um, never heard a bad word about him. Uh, I like him a lot, and I think he's going to do an exceptional job. You talk about the expectations for this team, and as I look at the roster, there's only two guys, I think, two guys that have more than five years' experience. That's a, that's a tough gift for Coach Willie Green to get. Um, a bunch of young guys, uh, you know, you got a few veterans, but, you know, will they be rotational kind of players? You know, we'll have to see. I think this preseason was a chance to get a look at those young players like Murphy, uh, but not really to get a chance to start implementing offense without your, your, your big guns out there. Uh, Zion missing all of preseason. I think that's difficult because, how do you determine rotations? How do you determine how you're going to play? What style you want to play? What works? What doesn't work? Which is what usually preseason is kind of to kind of do some of those things. Um, but I think it's going to be an interesting year. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting started. I was on the uh, podcast. I mean, a, a Zoom call yesterday with with our group, and I started sweating. It's cold in my house. I started sweating because I was that excited about the conversation we're having about the the, you know, just the thought of getting ready and starting another season. But I thought you were going to say another podcast, David. I thought you were cheating on us with another podcast. No I'm glad you clarified. Never. I know. I'm like, never. Have you talked to a doctor? Maybe? No, I'm kidding. I'm glad you're okay. No, I'm, yeah. I'm, I was fired up. I, I'm not sure if you could tell yesterday on our call or not. It was also a bit of a caffeine, but um, <laughs> I, I'm pumped to see Willie's, uh, David and I talked about this, I'm pumped to see Willie's coaching experience elsewhere play out here so obviously I love having like a younger players coach that has been there done that at the helm um but also a, a an old friend an old, a, you know an old face of, of the organization someone who's played here and has like that that pride in this particular city and organization um what was it 2010 2011 season he played here uh with Monty and, and Chris Paul and then you saw him last July you know back in July making a finals run together that was fun and and so to have had that success in Phoenix after what a pair of titles under Steve Kerr at Gold, you know with Golden State, um, he's learned some. So he's learned under some pretty darn good coaches, and mm -hmm. you know he's a, he's a journeyman in the NBA. He was where are my undrafted vets at? Mm -hmm. Undrafted? Wait, wait, no, he was undrafted. That was here at Temple. But he, he was second. He 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 was second, right. and um, but he spent he was twelve seasons with a number of different teams, and and I feel like the fact he's able to, and we'll get to Garrett Temple. The fact he was able to, uh, you know, he's able to connect, kind of connect with that role player, I think is going to be beneficial. Um, and I'm just, 
I'm, I'm just, I'm excited to see what he's learned in Phoenix and Golden State translate here. I, I, I raise my hands because I'm also undrafted as well. I was unsigned throughout my time, but I was also undrafted as well. So uh, I just figured we'd, uh, I'd like to join in. I, that's the only time I can talk about being an athlete, you know, just unsigned <laughs> here. But um, one day, one day I'll get there. Um, you mentioned Garrett Temple. I'm glad you mentioned uh, him, Aaron. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like it's just a vital piece for the Pelicans and another voice to add in this locker room with such a young team, Aaron. What can a guy like Garrett Temple do? Uh, just to bring in his veteran presence. Uh, I mean, he, he also played with guys like Antonio Daniels too. So he's got a ton of experience here. And also for him coming back home, I just figure like it was a, a match made in heaven for that. So I think I, I think I got him and Willie confused because they are, their paths, their journey through the NBA were very similar. And I, I had read Garrett talk about that. Um, in fact, I, I think Garrett takes pride in kind of being that liaison between Willie and the younger players on this team as like that, that veteran for this group. Not many people know this. I'm actually working on a story on Garrett Temple right now. Not many people know this, but his, his father, Hollis Temple Jr., was the first African-American basketball player at LSU in 1971. Um, and I read that Garrett, you know, Garrett sees his father as this model of strength and integration and Garrett with that Garrett wants to be that for every team he's touched throughout his NBA career right so he wants to kind of be that guy that is able to build that sense of chemistry and bond and build relationships off the floor that translate on you know people it's funny and David know this people people ask me all the time how sports impacted me in my life and my career right well among the, the various qualities it taught me, you know, building confidence and forming discipline and whatnot, I think the biggest was that sports taught me how to communicate with and work alongside people of all different personalities and backgrounds, beliefs, upbringings, you name it. It's, it's, you re, sports, it's, it's that beautiful, it's that melting pot, right? That's the beauty of it. It'd be, how boring would it be if we were all alike and all raised alike, right? right. So Garrett takes pride in making an effort on every team he's been on to reach out individually to every guy on that team and get to know him on a personal level and find a way to find that common ground with them so that they can work toward a common goal. Um, and I just, I, I thought that was such a cool, like such a cool asset of his, right? Like, it, I don't know, like the, the fact that he wants to, to be that guy for this team. Um, I cannot wait to see that play out this year as well. David, when you when you were coming into the league, was there anyone like that on some of your teams that you're like, man, I'm glad that he's on our team, kind of showing us the ropes, being that guy? Like, you know, sometimes, you know, you're not gonna lie. You, you sometimes a coach will talk a lot, and you don't, you kind of want to tune him out. You're like, all right, that's enough from him. Was there a player or two that really stuck out to you, and like the, these were the Garrett Temples of my teams when you were when you were getting into the league? Well, um, one of the guys that had a really big influence on me was my when I tried out with the Rockets, um, Scott Brooks was there and I, I speak highly of him. Um, what a guy we had, the, we had the same agent and, um, and we were playing the same position, but it didn't stop him from, Hey guy, Hey, we don't, th that isn't going to work. You need to do this. Or you need to do that. Or that's not okay. And specifically, I remember, you know, you got a King, um, Kenny, Kenny Smith, um, uh, Maxwell, you know, they're running through layup line, just kind of throwing it over the basket because they, you know, they're just getting loose. 
And I was kind of doing the same, you know, we're all, you know, just kind of running through it. And Scott Brooks is over there. I mean, right hand, right side, you know, finishing the layup, he's going in. And every time he went through, it was kind of hard. And, you know, it reminded me from a guy I played with in college that we made fun of. And now here he is doing this in the pros. And I'm like, oh God, look at this guy. He's, he's doing all this and it's, and it's, we're not even doing anything yet. And I don't know why I went from that to when he said to me, hey, you, you see those three guys over there? They make three and a half, four million a year. They can run through and lay it up and throw it over the basket because they're going to play. They're here to play. You're undrafted. I suggest you turn it up a notch. You need to be playing like this all the time. You need, and that's the kind of Garrett Temple, uh, that's what Garrett Temple's kind of going to bring to this team is, is making sure, are you getting your shots up? Are you, getting, are you in the weight room? Are you getting your diet? Are you, are you on time? Uh, he'll be around to, to kind of grab the, the young fellas and say, hey, you know, because he's that liaison between Willie Green, you got to play harder. You got you to gotta concentrate. You got to stop turning the ball over. Um, different things that he'll be able to kind of talk to players about that'll come across different because he's one of them, as opposed to some you know, coach, assistant coach or whatever, coming up and saying those very same things. Um, it's a very important part of a, a basketball team, and I think he's going to be big in that role. Yeah, I'm sure one of those guys that he's going to kind of, you know, help shape him a little bit is Trey Murphy. And we, we mentioned him a little bit before um, between the summer league and preseason. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how he landed to us at number 17. David, I'll start with you and go to Aaron. What, what have you seen from Trey? I know I don't expect him to hit six threes every night. It'd be great if he did. But man, oh, man, just through these summer league and preseason, he's certainly been fun to watch. Well, I will say this. I like shooters. Yes, we need some shooters. Zion, those two. Zion, those two. Space that floor. Exactly. And, and again, I, I'm not going to say too much about any individual player until the lights are on. And that's when all the difference makes. But when you look at the way he plays the game, when you look at his style, and then you add B.I. and Zion on the floor, how interesting it will be and how – how much more time he will have to shoot the basketball because these guys are going to be coming defenders are going to be coming from help positions, digging in uh, double teams, and he's going to have some excellent, excellent looks. And with him shooting the basketball without those guys on the floor, shooting it the way it was, you know, 50% from three, the way he shot the basketball in the summer and in preseason and, he, and you add those guys, you, you can expect him to have a, a pretty solid uh, rookie campaign. Uh, obviously, he's going to take his ups and downs. It's going to be, you know, some differences. He's going to learn how to play through being tired and banged up. But I'm, I'm excited to see what, what he's going to bring and how he's going to help the other guys space the floor. And, you know, Daniel, on that, I, I, I'd love to talk Trey Murphy, but I'd like to talk the guy alongside him that I really feel, I feel like they need to be, a, they need to become a tandem with a nickname this year. That's one of my goals. We're going to create a nickname for Nikhil Alexander Walker hmm. and Trey Murphy this year, because those two, at least in the preseason. And again, I'm like, David, I'm not putting much stock in the preseason. Right. You know, I want to see when the real lights are on, when the regular season lights are on, the ones that count for the playoff record. Um, I, so it, what's funny, uh, back in 2019, 
after shortly after the 2019 draft, it was like the first week of training camp. Antonio Daniels, our dear friend, AD calls me after like first couple of practices. And he said, you want to know who the best pickup in this draft is? I was like, uh, the guy that we chose <laughs> one overall. Uh, is this a trick question? No. Yeah. And he's like, okay, outside of Zion. He's like, in his, he's in his own realm over here, floating, right? He said the best pickup for the Pelicans in this draft was Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Obviously, it was like a, it was a trade situation, um, how, the, how New Orleans landed him. But um, I remember AD saying, he's going to be good, but it's going to take time. And I think as he enters his third season in this league, I think we're kind of beginning to believe Antonio Daniels. Now I think I'm beginning to believe Antonio Daniels just in seeing how much he's grown just over the last year. I, in fact, I'm calling him this season, my crockpot player, right? It's, it's fall. I'm using this analogy. Okay. Crockpot, as you know, you know, you throw the ingredients into the crock, you know, the, the veggies, the, the stock, the broth, the meat, you know, but you got to give it time to simmer. You can't take, you can't taste it, David, like five minutes in, dude. You got to give it at least like five hours maybe before you really give it a, a, a taste to evaluate how good this crockpot meal might be, right? Right. I think, I think that crockpot's cooking. I think in season three, I think that crockpot is cooking. And I think we're in for a taste of who Nikhil Alexander-Walker really could be for this organization. And I'm so pumped. Um, I, I'm so pumped for him because he's such a great guy. And I'm just, I'm excited to see that growth happening now for him. But I can't, he, he, how about Daniel, I want to ask you, he and Trey Murphy, man, what have you seen from them at practices and, and have you seen it translate to games? Um, well, Nikhil, both of them have looked great in practice, but Nikhil, especially in a lot of these practices, you're like, all right, he's in his bag. I mean, Antonio was, was one that tweeted about it, I think last week about, how he's been at practice. Um, I think you're right. I think he's going to be the guy that's going to take that leap. And I also wouldn't be surprised when he gets back from injury is Jackson Hayes as well. I think those two coming in the same class, I think year three, um, one is going to be really important for them. And I, I think, and Trey has been a consummate professional. He's always the first one to say hello to us. He gets to his uh, hoop where he goes and warms up, says hello. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that goes a long way. I think even as a rookie, um, not just stuff that he does on the court, but the stuff he does off the court. And his quote about being coachable the other night, I mean, really struck a chord, I think, with everyone as far as Willie Green giving him advice. He says, you know, I was taught to be coachable. And I think that's the one of the, the hidden things that could go a long way with this team, and especially with a young team as well. I think maturity is going to be a big factor with this team, especially if they get into a point where you have to face some adversity, go through a losing streak or go through a rough patch with some injuries. Um, but I really like what I see from Trey and the other night against Utah, you know, he was not shooting well. He didn't get off a, a field goal until, you know, maybe in the second quarter he missed it, but that was the first time he took a shot, but he still hit a couple threes late in the game and he made an impact besides shooting. I think those are going to be how we see Trey Murphy here in these first couple of weeks is if he has a bad shooting night, is there other ways he can contribute, whether it's defensively, whether it's even just spacing the floor, and moving without the basketball, I think that's going to be super important for him come the regular season. But, David, I do want to talk about how this team is built. And we talked at the beginning about how shooting is going to be important as the Pelicans really struggled last year when he had a guy like Devontae Graham, who I think now is going to go back to his role that he kind of was before Lamella Ball got there in Charlotte. He had a guy like Jonas Valanciunas, who is capable of shooting the three, 
and space the floor, but also a traditional postman that has some nice post moves. And then you add a guy like Trey Murphy, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who can shoot the three. How important is that shooting going to be when you get guys back with Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson to space the floor? Because I think that was one of the biggest disadvantages for the Pelicans last year. And, and I think you can't have too much shooting. And, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I was on – I was on the AD train. Uh, I saw him early and thought, hmm. Then you saw the big games and in his starts and how he played last year. And I thought, yeah, next year, next year could be his year. And again, you know, I, I, I like to think about when I was thinking about going into those next years and, and how I felt my confidence was. And it looks like Nikhil is, is very like, like ready, chomping at the bit. I, I can't wait because I'm, I'm feeling that good about where my game is. But as Nikhil can score, they're going to need him to shoot. His shooting is going to be as important as his ability to go get a bucket, which to me, that's what he is. He's a bucket getter. Um, as well as Trey Murphy, they're, they're going to have to shoot the basketball well. Um, Valanciunas, I mean, you're not going to get three or four threes from him, you may get one or two. So where are those three pointers going to come? And, and from what I'm looking at, at preseason, where's the ability to get stops? Can they defend and not turn the basketball over? That's what we're going to be talking about all year. Shooting, defend, defending, and not turning the ball over. That was what their problem was last year. And that's what's going to be a little bit of what their focal point needs to be this year. Stops, shooting, not turn it over. David, how many times last year were we sitting there on the, I, I say at the desk, I was alone. You were in a double <laughs> box uh, in spirit with me. Um, how many times were we sitting there talking about how we needed shooting so as to alleviate the double and triple teams on Zion and Brandon Ingram so that they could do what they do, right? Like, we needed guys that were that could hold defenders accountable, mm -hmm. right? And and space the floor and draw those defenders away from guys like Bi and Zion. And I think that's what we're gonna have this year in guys like Trey Murphy and Devontae Graham and even Jonas Valanciunas. Listen, love Stephen Adams, the Bayou behemoth that rocks the flip flops better than anyone. Love him, <laughs> will miss him dearly. But Jonas is not gonna clog the paint like Stephen did. Jonas can space the floor. He can get up and down the floor one, so he's gonna push the offense, but. Two, I mean, he can shoot it, right? I mean, like, if he's, if he's away from the bucket, he's got to be held accountable. Yeah. So that, that, too, I think is going to really help alleviate the, the offense and, and the stars in it to allow them to do what they do so well, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean like I said, you can't have too much shooting, and they're going to get great. Look, we've seen how – Zion and B.I. draw attention. We know how they're going to demand double teams and sometimes two and a half people paying attention to Zion and, and Brandon. Can these other guys step up, be ready, stay uh, shot ready and knock down these shots uh, that they're getting? And that's going to be very important if this team is going to be successful. We talk about the beginning of the regular season and we talk about expectations but also throughout the entire preseason, you basically didn't have Brandon Ingram. You didn't have Zion Williamson. Three of the four games, you didn't have Jackson Hayes. So while you're still waiting on your main guys to come back, you really didn't get that opportunity to play in preseason with those guys to figure out 
what works well and one doesn't. So it might take a few regular season games where you have to figure that out at the start of the regular season. I talk about patience also with a new coach. I mean, David, how tough is it for a new head coach to go through all this while also trying to implement his system without his full complement of guys? I mean, I feel like this could take a little bit, but also in the Western Conference, we've seen it with this team before. You can't afford to dig yourself in a hole to get off to a 0-4 start, a 1-7 start. So how, how tough is it for Willie to try to balance those things out with figuring out, all right, well, Zion and B.I., we need to welcome you into, you know, what we've seen in the preseason, but also, all right, we got to do this when these games start to count. Well, um, something I don't normally do, but I'm going to use a quote from Aaron. Um, it's crockpot. You okay. can't rush the process. It's got to it's got to sit in there a while. You can't just start get, you know get in there and eating. So when you think about this team, a young team, a first year coach, some coaches are fortunate enough to inherit a team that's on the brink of making that championship run. This is not the case for this team. This is a team that's trying to be a consistent playoff uh, team, and so. When you have different players, different coach, you didn't get to see your, your, your big guns in preseason. What does, what does Coach Green even know he has yet? What, I mean, obviously you've seen it on TV, but seeing things and knowing how players play doesn't, isn't the same as chemistry on the floor, how they play together, how they read each other, how, they, um, how they're, how they're all in. So the expectations for this season is, is kind of hard to talk about because there's so many different pieces and parts and, you know, new coach, he's trying to find his coaching voice. He's trying to find, you know, you know, what assistants are going to do, what, what players are going to do, what, how he's going to, to manage this whole situation. And it's, and it's going to be, a, it's going to be rocky. You know, when does Zion come back? We don't know. First game, maybe, I doubt it. He's not on the court yet. So when does Zion come back? When, you know, and what does that look like when he comes back? How does, you know, everybody play with him? So all those things lead you to think, yes, it could be a slow start. Fans, please be patient because this is, this is something that, that's going to take time. And if you don't understand that, you could get frustrated, but you should. Like I said, it's a young team. I think there was two, maybe three guys with more than five years experience. And that's, that's, not, a, that's not a very... Uh, veteran team and and David you know what I dig most about Willie like to your point what I dig most is that he has admitted everything you just said he's like I'm a rookie head coach like I'm trying yeah. to figure this out as I go to like he's not he's not sugar I mean he's keeping it open and honest and I appreciate that I respect that and you know that locker room does as well right that's yeah. part of being that player's coach and being yes. candid yeah. right and, and and I feel like that's the guy that the guys are going to want to follow I will ask you this David so you talk about, you know, inheriting talent. Well, when Willie began his coaching career with Golden State, he walked into a situation with, you know, mm -hmm. the big three, right? And two of the top shooters, maybe ever. Yeah. So that is kind of a different scenario. You know, the success was going to be there. You know, the, mm -hmm. they, they, Phoenix was a different scenario. He, you know, under Monty Williams, you know, they had to break, they brought in Chris Paul, but then Chris Paul as the veteran had to, like a Garrett Temple, form relationships with DeAndre Ayton and, you know, and, and 
kind of build, help, help Monty and Willie and that staff build that team into what it was. We didn't expect them to be in the finals last year, right? I mean, they were like, they were the, they were the Cinderella. They were the surprise team. How does that experience maybe help him here? I, I think, I think being around talent, being around uh, high level basketball, playoff basketball, championship basketball, uh, being around a coach, Steve Kerr, been in the finals, won, won, won championships, uh, being around Monty Williams also at that level, it's, it's, it's got to be all pluses uh, for, for Coach Green. It's got to be. And, you know, uh, the things that you learn, the things that you see, what works, what doesn't work, what adjustments to make in-game. Uh, he got to see two really good coaches do that. He got to play for coaches that he could see that. So I think basketball knowledge and, and what he brings to the table, I, I think he's in the right place. And, and, you know, I think he's going to do an exceptional job. It's sure going to be interesting to watch. And one week from today, we'll find out at least a little bit of uh, what this team is made of. And we're certainly looking forward to that. We're certainly looking forward to seeing you both in person. I'll see David later on today. Aaron, I'll see you next week. Pelicans and Sixers on Valley Sports New Orleans. Pelicans Live will be there live with Aaron and David Wesley. And, of course, we look forward to having them back in the fold in a full arena as well with some fans. I, I know we're all excited here. I really appreciate it. It's kind of like a nice tune-up for what our Wesley Wednesday Wilkerson hot mess days are going to be like. And I'm certainly looking forward to more of these. I really appreciate it, both of you. Disclaimer, it's been 19 months since I've been to my favorite city. I might have been using Dumbo for breakfast Tuesday, and I'm not apologizing for it. As you shouldn't. And with all this crockpot talk, I think I'm going to go get some lunch. So <laughs> I really appreciate uh, both of you being here and also appreciate you all listening. We'll take a break on Friday. We'll be back on Monday as the regular season will be upon us. And we'll have a couple more podcasts for you leading up to Pelicans and Sixers. For Aaron Hardigan and David Wesley, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky.